I s- like I'm still laughing how I put my foot up and fragrance <laughs> after the rain. King, I'm going into war and you're going to bed. The Croc 1000s. Got the Crocs on. I got the combat boots on. Okay. Kings. Actually, you know what? You want to hear a funny story? Well, you know the story, but people on here don't know the story. Um, Jonathan was wearing my church pants, what, about three weeks ago? Towards the ending of the school year, so about a month ago, yeah. It's about a month. School at a month ago. Wait, no, yeah, three weeks okay, ago. Okay, like two, three weeks ago. Wait, no, because it, it happened during the conference. Whatever, four, whatever, a yes, month, a month, a month or so ago. So he's wearing my church pants and helps lift something. It's a sofa. And a sofa rips my church pants yeah. a good four to five inches in the tush area. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Well, I totally forgot about it. And I have worn them a good three times with a big old gaping hole in my butt. So I went to church on Wednesday wearing these black dress pants with a big old rip in the back (laughs) and underwear that was not blending in. I I got back to the room. I don't know how many people saw me. I didn't realize it till I got back to the room. How embarrassing. You were usually the enemy right there. Yeah. Well, uh, Stumbling block. You're right. You shouldn't have put those back in the darn closet. You told me to. No, I did. What? You no. literally said put it back in the closet. We're going to get it sewn by you know who. Okay. Maybe somewhere else, but you shouldn't have put it back with the other dress pants. A shame. Yeah. A, a shame is, is right. Anyways. This is episode 26. 26. And. Trentas. Oh, no. That's three. Ventes. Uh, yes. Is it? No. Because it's not dos e. Vente e. Vente e. Yes. Okay, Mr. Mr. Spaniard. Mr. Bilingual. <laughs> Mr. Bilingual. I'm bilingual too. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> um so <clears throat> I'll let you guys know that it is what time is it? I think it's already twelve. It is it is actually past midnight during this recording right now. But we are about to go on Christmas break, so we're doing an episode a little bit early, and I am so tired. I literally praise <laughs> God. While you're in the bathroom, I was like stumbling. <laughs> I'm still out of it. Okay, Jonathan is going to bring a topic to the table. Uh, you can you can start. Where where are we? So I can turn there. Yes, sir. So we're going to be starting from First Samuel chapter seventeen, okay. verses fifty to fifty one. In first Samuel first Samuel what? seventeen. Starting with verse fifty. Okay. And it reads So David prevailed over the Philistines with the sling and with the stone, and smote the Philistine, and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. 
Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine, and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof, and slew him, and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Now I remember I kept reading this, and for the past, I think the past month, this passage kept roaming in my mind, roaming in my spirit. I'm like, what the heck? Like, why? And God kept putting in the fact that not only did David take him down with his sling, but he got out of his way, went over there, and chopped off the head of the giant. It's a little extra, no. A little extra. At first, I'm like, that's kind of extra. Like, <laughs> like okay, he's dead. I mean, him, you, know? you have like, to go chop the whole head off? I mean. And for the well, Bible theologians out there, there's more than one context w- for this. Well, I-, I feel like, okay, to top it off, it's like, <sighs> I'm assuming he chopped off the head to, you know, to be like, okay, let me, like, let me make sure 100% that he's dead. Right. So it's like. Okay, uh, well, I don't want to get too ahead of whatever you're talking about. Go ahead, go ahead. So there's like a common tradition, I guess, during war where they would chop off the head of the king and have it as like a souvenir, you would say, pretty much. Like a a trophy. Kind of like a trophy, have the head of the king, like, hey, we just won. So that was, I guess, like the main context. But that's not what God was trying to show me. Kind of like what you just said right now. Mm -hmm. He chopped off the head of the giant. He confirmed the kill. And I'm like, God, like, why do you keep putting this like in my mind and my spirit, you know, like... He wants yeah, you to murder. He, yeah, I'm like, do you want me to murder someone? Do you want to chop <laughs> off their head? Like, what do you want me to do? But God, I remember, spoke to me and said, there's going to be things in our life where not only do we have to declare it, like pornography, declare against whatever we're struggling with, drugs, alcohol, but we have to chop off certain things. Just like with this giant, David, he was faced with a, a big giant. He was over, what, nine foot feet tall? Mm-hmm. Something like that. <clears throat> Big, muscular. Everyone was afraid of him. And I think for 40 days, he was telling Saul, like, Saul, send someone out and fight. The winner wins the whole battle. Just 1v1. You know? That's kind of crazy. Yeah. It. So, basically, him cutting off the head, in a sense, is, is cutting off, like, obviously killing the enemy, but cutting off any route, any, um, oh, I'm trying to correlate this, any way to the enemy. Does that make sense? For example, in modern times, if you struggle with porn and you're trying to stop that, you don't want to watch it anymore, it corrupts your mind, all that stuff. And one way that, look, okay, you you don't completely kill the enemy. You don't cut off the head, which means, in other words, you leave doorways open, such as, let's say, Instagram which you know is almost like a gateway into like, oh, I just saw something I don't need to be seeing. Let me go. And then you go deeper and you go and watch porn. Or you, I don't know, on some other YouTube or something like that. And you see something you're not supposed to see. And then it leads to that. So cutting off the head to some people to quit a certain thing would be getting rid of social media, getting rid of this and this. Or I'll say it like this. I don't necessarily know if this is bad, but say you want to spend more time in prayer and the way for you to do that is uh, setting aside more time by not spending it on social media because so easily I'll, I'll be on my way to bed and I'll be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm too tired. God understands. Like I'm tired. Like I, I got to go to bed. Like I got to be able to wake right. up early in the morning for him so I can pray. Uh, so I'm going to go to bed now, but then I'll grab my phone and I'll go on reels and I'll be on there for literally like sometimes like an hour or so. It's like, 
okay, I can be on here for an hour, but I can't read my Bible for 10 minutes or I can't pray for, you know, like 10 minutes. And it's funny because sometimes even before I do that, I'll take out the Bible app and I'll like, I'll try to read a little bit. I'm like, oh, I start falling asleep. It's amazing. You start falling asleep instantly. Well, you pull out reels. Um, I can, I can go got for energy for days. Yeah, I got energy for a long, I'm the energizer bunny. But so cutting off that, I guess, gateway would be, you know, deleting social media, getting rid of the apps. And we're coming up on the new year and we're coming up on like, you know, everybody says like, oh, my new year's resolution. But, it, you know, you literally, you don't have to wait. I mean, you could start right now. And actually this episode will probably come out like <laughs> two days before the new year's. But um, that gateway and that, that cutting off of the head is cutting all... I guess you would say roots that lead to it. Like what is the root of the problem? You have to cut it at the root. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times people think, I guess our version of the sling and the stone is addressing the problem, praying about it. And don't get me wrong. We're supposed to pray about things. Prayer is powerful. Yeah. But that's not the only thing we're supposed to do. We're not just supposed to pray about it. We got to take initiative. Yeah. So let's just say, I want to try to put in like better context. Oh, my Crocs. <laughs> Our version of the sling and stone is prayer. Mm -hmm. And we think, oh, like, I'm doing the pornography. God, help me, deliver me, give me the strength to resist. That's our version of taking down the enemy. Yeah. But that's not going to work. I'm not trying to, like, discredit anyone's belief system. Like, we're supposed to pray about things, but we have to take steps to get rid of those things. We have but to like cut boundaries. off the head of a giant. Yeah. yeah. Delete some apps. Get an accountability partner. Talk mm -hmm. to your pastor. Do those extra steps Put some locks to kill that giant in your life. Yeah. Oh, I had a, I had a good thought. The I think I, I said this before, but um, one of my uh, youth pastors years ago set up three sets of cones, and it was two, 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 and each cone had caution tape on it from one to the other. It was like three boundaries, and they he set three boundaries, and it's like, oh, you're on the, you're on the total outside. It's like, oh, you know what? It, it's actually not that bad. Like, we can just, you know, hold hands. You know, yeah. What's wrong with that? Everybody holds hands. I mean, come on. We hold hands during prayer. And so you cut that caution tape. You move into the next section. It's like, oh, it's just, just a little kiss. I mean, what's going to go wrong from there? Blah, blah, blah. And then you you cut that one. You go to the, the, the last one, the last caution tape. It's like, Oh, it's just this. Does it really matter? Isn't that for like Bible times? Like we, we can have sex and and then you like cut that one. And it's like you yeah. keep moving the boundaries. So if you don't cut off the head and put those boundaries and put up walls around you and protect you and protect your spirit and protect the anointing on your life, then you're going to fall into sin before you know it. And that's where compromise comes in. Yeah. Kind of like what you're saying. We're flirting with the temptations we're not supposed to mm -hmm. flirt with. We're supposed mm -hmm. to cut off relationships that God wants us to put on the altar. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to give up friendships that we're not supposed to have. And this is for our benefit, you know? Like, we pray, God, like, remove any friendships that we're not supposed to have. Well, the way God's going to do that is they're going to backstab you now. And then here we are throwing a self-pity party. God, like, why did this happen? Why did they betray me? Like, I can't trust anyone. We throw a pity party. Mm -hmm. But God's like, dude, like, I'm protecting you from what they're going to do later in the future. They're probably going to make you backslide even further. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing this in a preaching, but it is scarier to front slide than backslide. Now, what does that mean? Backsliding, you know you're away from God. You're already all the way back. Front sliding is you're already fallen, but since you're forward, 
you think you're saved. You think you're in a good relationship with God. And this preacher brought up Samson. And the Bible said that the Spirit of God would move upon him time to time. It wasn't always with him because it was in the Old Testament. The Spirit didn't dwell in them at that time. But the Spirit would come upon him time and time again. And when Samson gave up, I believe it was his hair, correct? Yeah. Uh, there was a woman that came to him. He told her, like, the secret to his strength. Cuts it off. And I believe, oh, I'm going to misquote this so badly. But he pretty much said he didn't know that God departed from him. He was front front slidden. I don't know what word you want to say, but. What does that he mean? He was a front slider. It means you're backslidden, but because you're in the front and you've fallen forward, you think you're right with God, but in reality, you're still fallen. So that's scary in the back. Backsliding, you know you've backslidden. You know you're away from God. You know there's things you need to work on. Front sliding is you're not good with God, but you don't know it. It's it's pride. It's someone maybe in church, in ministry. They're living one way over the pulpit, another way out in the world. And they don't have any conviction over it. They feel good about themselves. They know how to tap into the spirit because, again, gives her without repentance. Yeah. All of that. So it's scary to be front. It's scary, yeah. It's scary to be front slid and the back slid in. And that always stuck with me. Another thing that reminded me of what you were just saying was, you know, if you have an alcoholic and you put alcohol in front of them, that's like, you know, and they're trying to stop. Setting them up for disaster. It's literally setting them up for disaster. So if you know that you struggle with something and you you dance around the fire. You like flirt with that sin. Oh, I'm not doing it, but I'm going to like flirt with the outskirts of it. I'm going to flirt with the things that are associated with it. Then you're going to eventually fall into it. Oh yeah. There's a verse that says, what, what was the one where, um, uh, at least with, uh, sexual, uh, temptation, it says to run from it, to flee from it. It was talking about, yeah, Joseph, Potiphar's yeah. wife ran away and so there's some things that you just have to you just get up and just walk away there's no point of like dancing around that sin there's no point of flirting with it it's like you pray for god to deliver you from something and help you from something why would you mess around with it yeah you know what what is what was it was it job that was had his tent outside of sodom not job no who was it that Uh, was outside of sodom and gomorrah supposed to say lot no no um, yeah lot was right lot. i think it was lot yeah lot put his tent outside of sodom and Gomorrah. i think yeah maybe how embarrassing if that wasn't it <laughs> for someone totally opposite i think it was jeremiah <laughs> jeremiah was outside the city but yeah anyways you know like somebody pitching their tent right outside of like sin i'm not gonna be totally in the sin but i'm just gonna you know kind of dance around it eventually you're gonna fall into it there's no point of flirting with sin oh i'm just gonna just gonna you know smoke once or twice no i'm just gonna watch porn like you know once a week that's not that bad you know like all all these things just there's no point in dancing around you have to cut the head off i love this lesson this is a good lesson jonathan kind of backpedaling we kind of talked about in the other podcast the christian club that opened up in la yes there are people that i know who their old lifestyle was going to clubs their old lifestyle was partying drinking all that and they're christian now they're in church and they wanted to go to that Christian club. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, why are you going to put yourself around those temptations? Because maybe someone who wasn't in clubs and all that, they went there, they wouldn't struggle. Mm-hmm. But imagine 
someone who used to struggle you used going to drink club, club, club. used to party have sex all of that you're going to that same atmosphere yeah yeah they're gonna play better music per se but you're dancing around that strange fire you're dancing around those temptations like why are you flirting with a temptation that god doesn't want you to it be literally the bible says to avoid all appearances of, of evil. evil and what does that represent a club what's that clubs drinking sexual lust per, perversions yeah, a, all of that. a bunch of horrible things so why would we try and we're supposed to be separate from the world why would we try to blend things in the church and in the world a christian club <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing christian about that yeah so it's like okay for cutting off the head of the enemy if you struggled with let's say going to clubs and drinking you're trying to stop drinking you're trying to live for god you're not going to want to go to something that is close to it and i know some of our friends that were in the world and they would go to these clubs and they'd do these things and all this stuff they literally have been on that side and they were so far in the world and they were so like getting drunk all the time and high and, and sex and all this stuff and then when they came to god it was like it was like whoa like i've never experienced this before i know we know several people like that like wow this is crazy like i've never experienced this type of like high like this spiritual high and i know some of those people literally said i don't want to even go near anything that reminds myself of what i used to be like yeah. i don't want to go back to anything that has the appearance of the things that I used to do. I don't want to associate myself with it. So blending and trying to bring the world, the worldly culture and God's culture together, it, it doesn't mix. What, what communion does light have with darkness? So I know I'm really fixating on this club thing, but it's just a good example. It's a, it's a good example. But yeah. this a Christian club in Los Angeles that they plan to, I don't know, spread all over the world. It's kind of just, it's not, it's dumb. But if you truly want to get over something, you want to be delivered something, yes, you need to pray. You have to pray. You have to pray in order to get over it or be delivered from something or be delivered from pornography. But you can't flirt around it. You can't dance around it knowing that you struggle with this certain thing. Like, this is just, 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 just a good example. If you struggle with porn and your fall, your beginning of your fall is Instagram or YouTube, then you need to delete all those apps. Yeah. You need to get rid of it. And you need to literally what for my phone, my phone has the Bible app at the bottom. Like it's always there on the little dock. I'm like, eh, let's click the Bible. So I try to make that the forefront app that I click on a lot. Yeah. I mean, not all the time, but I mean, like, I try to a lot, as much as I can. But you have to cut things at the head. You can't expect, oh, God, why am I struggling with this? Well, you have 17 doors open. Well, no, what, do you, what do you expect? <laughs> You're going to be struggling with it till you actually do yeah. something. You can pray all day, all darn day you want. <laughs> Nothing's going to, you can shed all the tears you want. <gasps> God, help me. But then you don't change anything. Right. You expect him to magically, to change your life you got to work on it oh Sorry. yeah wow that really just came out of nowhere i really feel like god put a question in my heart that he wants me to ask people listening and it's how bad do you really want it you mm. got to go to extremes a lot of us we feel mm. like god like that seems kind of too extreme i know people have flip phones mm. because they don't want to cross that boundary yep. i don't have 
even though I was never on Facebook or Twitter, TikTok, any of that, I just had Instagram. Instagram was my stumbling block. Instagram was the thing that got me distracted, the thing that kept me away from God, the thing that kept me from prayer, mm-hmm. reading the Bible, fasting, all that. Not only do I have Instagram blocked, I have the App Store blocked, Facebook blocked, me too. Twitter, TikTok, literally any type of, I don't have any social media at yeah. all. And so a lot of people ask me, oh, like, you have social media people at work. Oh, no. Do you got Facebook? No. Twitter? No. Instagram? No. Why not? Oh, no, it's just too distracting. But I got to that place where I'm like, I'm not going to have any type of connection to the outside world because I know it's that stumbling block yep. for me. We, I mean, we literally know we have a friend that literally has a flip phone. And it's like, yeah. in my head, I'm thinking, how in the world do you do that? And there was a point that I got to where I was like, I'm going to try it. And I remember I had a flip phone in my hand and I called Verizon. <laughs> To, was to that the it. flip phone I found at your car? No, that was my trap phone. But <laughs> no, but I had a I had a flip phone. I was like, I called Verizon. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And I called, and they're like, yeah, that phone's too old to be on our broadband. I'm like, okay, all right, I tried. You you saw the you saw the effort, Lord. And but then I never tried again. But what you just said earlier was, how bad do you want it? And I know we have this conference in Stockton called Landmark. And I remember at the last landmark at one of the altar calls, I think it was the Thursday night, Thursday night and Friday night, the question that kept being asked to me, I felt like God was asking me, how bad do you want it? Mm. And still to this day, I think about it all the time, is how bad do you want it? How much you get is how much you're going to put in. If you put in like nothing into your relationship with God, you put in nothing into your prayer life, don't expect <laughs> magically like a great sum of power to come upon you or something when you're not doing anything. But I remember that question kept being asked to me, how bad do you want it? And I kept telling myself like, how bad do you want it, Chris? How bad do you want it? And that's when I really st- looked back and I was like, you know, I got to fast more. I got to pray more. I got to, I got to discipline myself no matter how much I hate waking up in the morning earlier before then I have to, so that I can pray in the morning. I have to do it. I have to discipline my flesh. And once I'm in that prayer routine, it's so it, life is so much better. Smooth sailing. Oh, yeah, it's, part. yeah. I mean, like, there's still struggles and everything, but right. it's so much. I have such a peace knowing that I'm walking with God and God's with me. Yeah. And I definitely feel like ever since that moment at the altar, I feel like my relationship has gotten deeper with him. And I appreciate God speaking to me and my spirit being open to like, how bad do you want it? I've been trying to push and push and push. I've been trying to go on some longer fast, but darn. Those McDonald's deals. Are no, I honestly was just too tempting. <laughs> the McDonald's app is such the adversary. And our friend, I just saw him in the prayer room. It said his name underneath manager. And I'm like, bro. He was there? Yep. I dabbed him up. I'm like, bro, like, can I get some free food? And he goes, yeah, bro, just come in. I'm like, well, yeah, we just, we just found out one of our friends works at McDonald's now. And so that manager, manager. Great. Yeah. That's going to be me and Jonathan's downfall. We're about to gain 30 pounds in the next 10 days. But, um, that is, that is a, a, a powerful lesson that I think all of us need to hear because there are several times where I know different things that I deal with, different things I struggle with. And I know what leads to those things, yet I still do it. Yeah. What is, what is the verse that says, 
I know the things that I shouldn't do and I do. No, I know the things I shouldn't do and I do and the things that I should do, I don't do. You know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, well, I'll have to show you the <laughs> verse after. But it's, I know what I need to do and I know the things I need to cut off. I know the giant in my life and the head that I need to cut off. But for some reason, I still leave all those little doors open. I leave the head of the giant attached and I don't kill it. Knowing in the back of my mind that I may go back and that that giant will come back alive and still be in my life. I'm leaving him alive in my life instead yeah. of just cutting his head off. One of the questions that annoy me, and I'm sorry for saying that word, I want to offend anyone, but one of the things that annoys me is, is this a heaven or hell issue? And to me, even one of the preachers that I know said it, he says, that's pretty much telling God how little of effort and sacrifice I have to put into this relationship True. without you divorcing me. True. Like imagine your wife goes up to you and says, how much compromise do you want before you divorce me? Or how much time do you want me to talk with you before? How many times can I cheat on you before, before you'll divorce me? You know, it's like, I want to please God so much that I want to give him everything. And anything that might even displease him, a small thought, no matter how small it could be to me, I know it means a lot to God. Yeah. So I'm going to give him everything. I don't care how much it's going to cost me. I don't care how much it's going to hurt me. I'll give him any friendship that he wants me to give up. I'll give him any relationship that he wants me to give up. Yeah. I remember over tour, this, I don't know why I'm saying this. I wasn't going to get any girl's number. Like that was my myself. <laughs> I'm not going to get any girl's number. I'm here for one reason, one reason only to preach the word of God. And then Colorado, there's this girl. The praise team, I'm like, wow, she's pretty. Satan. No, this girl is pretty. She's she's pretty. She's listening right now. Imagine. <laughs> I'm like, wow, like, God, like, if you want me to, like, talk to her, like, give me, like, open a door. And I remember uh, after service, I was reading my Bible. She comes up to me, talks to me, and then walks away. I'm like, no, God, like, open up another door. <laughs> Literally, she comes back through the doors and comes in because she just left. So I talked to her. I get her number. We're talking that same day. God says no. I'm like, but, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> but I'm like, you know what, God? Like, and, and my my flesh was killing me. It's like, no, like, continue. Like, maybe that's someone else saying that, which is dumb. That's what your flesh tries to do. Tries to reason. But I'm like, God, I'm gonna give you this. So I stopped texting her. I didn't say anything else. I just stopped. And it hurt so much. And this is going to sound weird to so anyone listening you online. for a day and it's hurting this much? No, right. But like, for some reason, it hurts so much, but I knew God was proud of me. And that was the greatest feeling ever. And I felt such a peace that week that I did the right thing and I pleased him. And that was such a good feeling. In my so spirit. you think it was like a test? I think it was a test, which is why I think it hurt that much that day. Because one day, like, I barely knew the girl, but it hurt so much. But the moment I, like, God, I'm not going to do it, didn't text her anymore. I literally felt like God said thank you and like gave me a hug. And that sounds maybe like cringy to some people. To me, like it felt so good. Wow. I don't know why I said that. Story, I was going to say, what was this example for? I have no idea, but that's for someone <laughs> listening online. No, this is, this is a good lesson that we all need to learn. Yeah. There are, I don't know if there's a bunch of people off of like school breaks and stuff, but like this is the time when you go home, you're with family, you kind of chill and relax and you kind of lose your routine kind of 
think, oh, you know, like, you know, the devil's taking a break, too. It's Christmas. <laughs> you know, I don't really have to watch my back. Out for the holidays? Yeah, he's out for the holidays. Uh, <laughs> he's in the form of Santa Claus. Um, but, you know, people kind of forget. Like, I was <laughs> this sounds horrible. But I was literally thinking tonight, like, do I need to bring my Bible with me on the airplane <laughs> tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, I have it on my phone. I really needed to pack it. But it's like, you know, that's already like a sign of me like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, take a vacation from the Lord on my vacation, which is, you know, not stupid. I'm hoping a lot of people over this break and over this time before the New Year's actually end these last couple days off strong and carry in the New Year strong and not procrastinate. It's, I think this is this is a pretty good episode. Went pretty quick. No, it really did. <laughs> this is episode 26. 26 of Out of the Boat.